With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio. Yo, 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 we are live, we are live, we are all the way live, this is Four Quarters with Coach Lee and my host, Carla Williams Lee, yeah, oh boy, what happened here, we gotta, we gotta pause and call, but don't worry about it folks, we are all over the place today, we are all over the place, we are live on Facebook, we are live on Instagram, we are live on JT Hawk Radio, Blog Talk Radio, hey, we are live. We're live, live, all the way live. And we got a live show. We got a lot of things coming up, a lot of things on board. Uh, so, yes, I'm going to be finding fans on Instagram, Facebook Live. So we just waving at everybody. On, on Instagram, it's going to be a little bit backwards because we don't know why it flipped. But if you're on Facebook Live, it's right in the background. Okay? Yep, yep. So we got a hot show today. Yes. You know, we got a nice, nice three topics today. We got growth of women's football. Mm-hmm. We got sponsorships, right? <laughs> and we also have – she jumped on here. Okay. And we also have all-season workouts, the secret sauce from Coach Lee. So what's happening, y'all? Yes. So we're going to get this ready, rock and roll. Let's get this party started with quarter number one. Okay. So – um, we wanted to get on here and talk about, you know, we've been talking about all things leading up to um, what we have going on with GFA and the girls' um, expansion, the movement of growing girls' flag football and tackle around the country. Um, but we want to talk about what's already been in existence now for 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 years. Yeah, for many years. Many years. And that's uh, the growth of women's football because um, that is the inspiration behind what we're doing today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so, it, it is what we're doing today. It we're, is what we're doing. We're building the foundation, you know. Um, I'm sorry I cut you off. No, but, good. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm excited good. about today and our topic because, you know, I've been a part of women's football since 2005, actually. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my first team until 2006. But doing the research and the history and finding out these women played football back in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, yeah. just like the movie uh, A League of Their Own, where you're talking about, overhand baseball mm-hmm. for women. At the same time, women were playing tackle football as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a, a form of entertainment. But I'm not going to go back that far to talk about the history of women's football. Okay. I'm just going to talk – I want to talk about the growth of women's football since 
I got involved. Okay. Okay. When I got involved in around 2005 ish, when I saw my first uh, championship game, I think it was the Dallas Diamonds in the Wisconsin. Uh, it was a championship game in in Long Beach, California. And one of my buddies who owned the LA Amazon, who wanted me to invest in his team, invited me to the game. Okay. And I fell in love with the women's game because it was so pure. And they had two running backs on the Dallas Diamonds team that were just amazing. Okay, <laughs> amazing. Tailback and fullback. Jessica Springer was the, the running back. I think she's the greatest women's football player of all times. Uh, I coached against her. I've seen her play. Uh, Jessica Springer is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can't think of my other girl, number 17, though, the running back. Somebody help me out. Some of my old school Dallas Diamond fans, jump on here let me know if you recall the running backs, Jessica Springer and number 17. Can't remember her name offhand. Okay. <laughs> but I fell in love with the game. And since I was moving to Vegas in 2005, 2006, well, actually it was 2004, I was commuting back and forth. And I, I, I got involved and I started up a team here in Vegas. And back then, there was a WPFL, there was the IWFL at the time, mm-hmm. were the two competing leagues um, with approximately 60 to 80 teams at that point in time. Okay, I don't have my numbers together. I'm just going by what I remember, okay? Yeah. And, you know, there was other leagues that tried to start up. And, you know, as the time went on, it was the, the WPFL went down, the IWFL wound up having 60 or 70 teams. Mm-hmm. Um uh, then the WFA came around, and now that I'm back in 2019 to find out that the IWFL is not in existence, but now we got the, the WNFC. Did right. I say it right? WNFC. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a USA Football League starting up as well. I know the, WF, the WFA is the largest league right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just look at the landscape. You know, I think – Teams have come and teams have gone, but there's been replacements. The example here in Vegas, yes. it was the Las Vegas Showgirls, and now there's two teams, the Las Vegas Silver Stars and then the the, the Trojans, Sin City Trojans, okay? So could that be one team? Yeah, but it kind of has expanded. But, you know, me, I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of watered it down. Okay. You know, to split a good group and into two mm-hmm. is not going to be the best soldiers for the game. Okay. Okay. So what do you think um, is a tribute to a, the longevity of a women's team? Uh, good ownership. Okay. Uh, I know there's some owners out there. The Pittsburgh Passion owners been around for like the last 15 to 17 years. Mm-hmm. I know the D.C. Divas owners been around for the last 15, 16 years. Uh, but ownership is key. That's the longevity of an organization is the ownership, you know, because they're the ones who have to fund it. They have to, you know, promote it. They have to do all the things and recruit. Mm -hmm. So without that element in the women's game, without good ownership, you're just going to get mediocre teams. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But I think you got some some information over there. Yeah, I actually was looking up some information. It's current information, but the sources are a little outdated. Um, Talking about women in general, as far as their their sports viewership, you know, their fanship mm-hmm. and things like that, their participation going forward. Um, and I just saw here, uh, women are the fastest growing audience for the NFL. Definitely that. Okay. Okay. It says that viewership uh, from 2009 to 2013 went up 26% for females. Viewing the NFL football? Yes. 
and then Sunday night football went up 25%, and Thursday night football went up 32%. Wow. So women are involved in football. And that's what I let you guys know. If you guys are on Facebook Live or on Instagram and you got any questions, I'm going to turn this Instagram up this way. I know it's going to be kind of funny and funky, but you know what? They got kind of – we got to kind of get inside. <laughs> you know what? You got to excuse us, but I can't read sideways, you know what I'm saying? Not only that, we have this cool filter on the on – the yeah. I was trying to turn it off. I didn't know how to turn it off. Well, you know what? That's what happens when you – oh, we wind up getting filters. I got some kind of we got ring around my head. Yes. But you know what? Those on Facebook, that's all good. <laughs> but go ahead and hit those numbers again. All right. So then we talk about the Super Bowl. There was uh, 53.7 million. million female viewers. Wow. Fifty-seven point no, fifty-three point seven million viewers were yes. female. It says more women watch the Super Bowl than the Academy Awards or the Grammy. Wow! So that means that women are involved in watching the sport, let alone playing the sport. Yes. So imagine if we got those fifty-three million women to support right. women's football. Right? Why not? Why not? Uh, and I think they obviously love the sport, right? Yeah. The sport itself. I mean, there could be the fact that there's, like, these really chiseled men out there on the field. I got you. You know, in the tight hands. <laughs> in the tight hands, right. You know, you but, got that sex, sex appeal, right? Is that what you're trying to say? Okay. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to it's say. It's not even about the game, right? It's not about the game. Yes, yes. Reverse, uh, what do you call it? Uh, sexism. Sexism. Yeah, I got you. But, um, okay, so then it says 50% of American women identify themselves as football fans. Mm. And 57% of college females uh, attend three or more of the college football games. So there are, are girls who are football fanatics. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, female fantasy football players increased by 34%. Over a one-year period of time, as I, as yes. I see down there. Yes, yes. So so women are in, in the game. Hey, if they can increase in numbers in these statistics, then we can definitely increase the numbers of the girls that participate. Okay. You know, those will be outstanding statistics once we do get this ball rolling. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we we will be in these type of publications as well as record-breaking, groundbreaking, and all other kinds of breaking. (laughs) Break break dancing. Break dancing. Break moving. (laughs) Break grooving. Right. Cool, cool, cool. So, again, you know, we are trying to get – you know, to the bottom of things. You know, again, as as I come back after a three-year hiatus, I am like, hey, what can we do to make the game better? What can we do to get more fans involved in the women's game, the girls' game? And and, and part of it is we got to get them involved at an earlier age. I, I truly believe that. Right. You know, you know, you're talking about. I've been a fan of football since I was born, basically. I think I have a picture with a football in my hand. <laughs> I don't know how many girls have pictures with a football in your hand. I know basketball is the end thing now. I know that uh, soccer is the end thing now with girls having pictures posed to. Yep. Okay. So, again, I'm up here just inviting folks. Again, please feel free to invite people. I'm going to go ahead and read off some additional information. Okay. I'm here to listen. Which, you know, I mean, this was eye-opening stuff for me because I didn't follow football up until this point. And, um... Uh, sorry about that. So girls playing high school football. So these are just, we're going back into the growth of women's football, but let's go talk about um, some some firsts in this sport. So high school football, um, 
I'm seeing here that 2012, Aaron DeMezzio became the first female quarterback in Florida, which is where girls' flag football has been pioneered, so that makes sense. Yes. Uh, Mary-Kate Smith became the first girl to make her South Jones High School team in Mississippi in 2014. Her position is kicker. Okay. All right, so I'm guessing that's the boys' team. Right, these are all boys. Yeah, boys girls team. playing American football, meaning tackle football. You know, we had the first. And this is within the last, what, five, six years? Yes, yes. Well, this would, if she was the first quarterback, that may have been all girls because it is in Florida. Right. In 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been around for okay. 10 years. Tatum Koenig became the first female player to play football at West Branch High School in Iowa in 2015, and she plays wide receiver and safety. Mm-hmm. Um, Ivani Ram- Ramos became a junior varsity left guard and special teams player at Fort Stockton, Texas in 2015. Texas is where they ball at, right? Uh, Brooks, what does it say? Lich? became quarterback for her Liberty North High freshman team in Missouri mm-hmm. in 2015. Again, this is probably the boys' team. No, these are all boys' teams. This, okay. They're not the flag. This is all boys' okay. teams. Okay. And then rally. Riley Fox became the first girl to play varsity football for R.L. Paschal High School in Fort Worth, Texas, and she was a kicker mm-hmm. in 2015. So those are high school first. So as you can see, it hasn't been very long. Right. You know, and then we're talking about playing with the boys at, at the same time. Then for the college level, I'm going to start down at the bottom. Kalina Barnes, former punter for University of Nebraska in 2000. She was the first woman to be on a top 10 team. Okay. Okay. So the growth of football in the men's era in for women. In the era for women. This is college. Tanya Butler, former place kicker for University of West Alabama. Uh, she's the first woman to score a field goal in college football, and that was in 2003. Got you. Kate Snyder, former place kicker for University of New Mexico. She's the first woman to score in an NCAA Division A game in 2003. Awesome. Okay. I've got three more. Hang in there with me. Ashley Baker, former place kicker at Framingham State University, uh, scored 11 points in 2007 season. Uh, Brittany Ryan, former kicker for Lebanon Valley College in Pennsylvania, set a new NCAA point record for female kicker in 2010. Okay, and then we have Shelly Osborne, first female to play a non-kicking position at a four-year college, Campbellsville University in Florida, and that was in 2014. All right. So these are first. These are groundbreakers here in this uh, sport, you know, what, be it for the the men, at the, the boys at the men's team, um, you know, we, we shoot. I, I would like to see who the first was for the all-girls. <laughs> you know what? And these are reported. So, yes, again, reported. I know there's been other girls who played tackle football throughout the, the time period. I know when I was coaching at Pasadena High School, we had a young lady who actually played varsity. I can't remember her name because that was like 2001, 2002, and 2019 now. So, I just think these are things that were recorded. You know, there, there, there's a possibility that there was more girls that participated. But, right. again, sanctioned sport by the federation, these are things that people turn to. Right. Okay. So, right now, what do I see as the growth of football for women and girls is, again, what we're doing with GFA, the foundation, at least getting them started early, uh, playing flag football at the age well, of five. Well, those were all in the first five years, in the last five years. Yes. So. 
So more girls are playing and participating, but we want girls to play in their own league. You know, we right. have we have women leagues out there. We just want girls to play in their own league. And and some of the things that I see right now is one, the foundation. Two, I just found out that California just passed a law for kids that are 14 and under that they only can practice for 30 minutes of hitting time per week. Okay. Now I don't know who's going to regulate that, but that's better than the first proposal, which was eliminating tackle football altogether. Mm-hmm. So. That's in California. So flag football is going to be the, the thing uh, for everybody at some point in time. But for the girls, it's a lot easier to get involved in. A lot of teams are going to have to build a foundation, a fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the WNFC just signed a team down in Texas in a small town that's supposed to have anywhere between two to 3,000 fans that come to their games, you know. And, again, you just put out some hard numbers. You know, if there's 53 million women watching the Super Bowl, yes. if we just got 10% of those women, that would be 53,000. Yeah. No, 10% would be, yeah, that would be 53,000, right, 10%? Yes. 530,000. Okay. You right. 53 million? Yeah, yeah. You, I, <laughs> your, your math is better than my Half math. Half a million. Okay. So, again, that's the numbers that we're talking about. But how do we reach them? How do we get out there? How do how do we attract those fans that are already attracted to the college game and college and, and to the to the uh, to the pro game? You know, and part of it is being a fan of football at a young age. Okay. And and for those teams that are existing out there, those tackle football teams, you're gonna have to work out with the girls that are in high school playing flag football. You're gonna have to coach those youth organization teams mm-hmm. in order to gain your fan base. It, that's that's what it's going to take. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, want to know what the secret sauce is. The sauce is you got to get into the pool with your fans. So how many female football fans do you guys know? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of them. Like, I know, I know. I'm going to have a boy Tyrone on there. I want to say what's up. Long Beach stays in the house. Compton in the house. I got you. Yeah, we got quite a few people on both both lines that have jumped on, on board, yep. saying hi, and they're waving. Yep. And that's great because we want this to be an interactive show. If you got any questions or, or any concerns, please type them up in the uh, – We have someone on here that says they played on the first women's team in Canada back in 2001. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and Canada's thriving right now. Canada's thriving. They actually have a youth girls tackle football league in Canada. Yes, actually, uh, I was asked to be on another talk show radio and uh, radio blog uh, for sports, and their last show was about Canada football. Okay. Yeah, women's Canada football. So American football is worldwide. I know I've been a part of the the U.S. expansion, the the clubs, the teams playing overseas, and things of that nature, putting together women's camps and conferences. So it's been been some, a big deal. You know, we need to go on a quarter two. Oh, you trying to keep me on point? I'm trying to keep. She's you on trying point. to keep me on point. It says <laughs> Coach Lee and Carla Williams is Lee. Four quarters for Coach Lee and Carla, and you know what? We're gonna go ahead and move to quarter number two. Hey, Kathy, how are you from Impact? Okay. <laughs> All right, Kathy, that's my Thanks girl. Joining us from Pasadena. Okay. Yeah. See, there's people all over the place that's listening to the show. California, mm-hmm. San Diego, Compton, Pasadena. That's right. That's where we're from. Long you guys Beach. Were from the SoCal. SoCal. There we go. There we go. So quarter number two is about sponsorship. Yes. You know, and and it kind of leads into what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. How could the game of women's football? How could the game of girls' football grow? Right. And sponsorship is. Key. Well, when you when you hear sports, you you automatically think sponsors. You know what I'm saying? You'll see logos, signs. 
you know, emblems on T-shirts and things like that um, for those teens who want to raise some money to run their program. Um, and it's usually businesses. It could be local businesses. It mm-hmm. could be major businesses like national, international. It really doesn't matter as long as you can find um, some synergy with the company who's willing to support your program, right? Yeah. So um, that doesn't necessarily equate to money, however. No, no, no. Not all sponsorship is money sponsorship. Yeah, and we're finding that, you know, I mean, these companies, they, it, they, it's what's in it for them. You know, just like everybody else, what's in it for them? Why should they um, invest in your program or your event? Um, what's it going to bring them? So, you know, basically you have to make sure there's some connection with your audience and their audience. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? If they feel that, hey, this is a great place for some exposure, mm-hmm. you know, because your demographic is the same as their demographic, it, it definitely could be um, a win-win for both for both both organizations. So so they're looking for a return on investment. They're looking R-O-I. for a return on investment. Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean that's where most people will spend their marketing dollars, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of un- along the lines of marketing. That's what sponsorship is. Um and then sometimes they just want they will be able to give you product in lieu of money. Okay. So I know that we've done things with like body armor where they supplied us with drinks you know, and we were out there using them as the drink of choice, you know, for the team. So, right. um, but with that, they'll give you banners, they'll give you signs, they'll give you coolers, they'll give you, you know, those little Cups, water bottles, water bottles. to use that on the field. So all of these things they are willing to give us complimentary just to get their name out in front of your audience, right? Um, what are other ways that sponsors could, could help? Um, just branding, you know, if they share – if they're if they're sharing your event, you're they're sharing you with their audience right. as well. You know, so you get a little bit extra branding for your organization as they're branding for theirs. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you brought up body armor, that was a good example. When I was coaching at the high school, mm-hmm. how I made the connection with body armor. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the valley is doing Gatorade, <laughs> so I wanted to be different. Right. So I went out. Sought after Body Armor, found out it was Kobe Bryant's brand. I'm a Lakers fan. Go Lakers. And and when I started talking to the marketing director, they were like, wow, we need to break into the Vegas market. So they hooked us up. I mean, we had pallets and pallets of, of product. Right. You know, it wasn't a money thing, but it was our our foundation because now I was able to use that, that sponsorship yes. and kind of leverage it to the other sponsors that we wind up getting, which were some were monetary sponsors. Got it. So, yes, definitely. New brand, new drink. And new how drink. do you get these sponsors? I mean, there's only one way, and that's to connect with them. That's to touch bases with them. How do you do that? Um, sometimes you can go to their marketing um, department, and they will have somebody that specifically deals with sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's a small business, go straight to the top. You know, right. go for the owner of the company. You know, if they if there's anybody else that deals with that, they will let you know. But, um, you know, they're the ones who's going to really feel the most, um, I guess, that they would feel as if whether or not there will be a synergy, you know, with their brand. Right. I, I know I got a question for you. Yeah. I mean, because I've been doing marketing for a long time. Yeah. Do you think that being a nonprofit is more effective than being a corporation when you're doing a sponsorship proposal? 
Um, I think that uh, a lot of companies want to have um, a connection to a charity. Okay. And they may put some funds aside just for that. And, of course, it's also tax deductible for them. So they would love to make the money go to some type of a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. It's not necessary, but your chances are probably a little higher if if it's for a good cause or if you have some type of um, charitable underlying. Oh, sorry, sorry. (laughs) um, I I don't know really what the – the um the rules are regarding sponsorships. Like if you're going for grants, a lot of times grants do want you to have some sponsorship. You mean I non-profit. mean non profit five oh one C three to be okay. exact. Okay. Um but if the whether or not you're a non profit, if you're a sports organization, you could be for profit or non profit, it doesn't matter. The a lot of the events are the same. If you're doing a game, you're doing a game. If you're doing a tournament, you're doing a tournament. You know, your audience is really dependent more on your audience. Got you, and that's what I was leading up to because, yeah. again, the old model used to be, hey, you got to be a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and they just throw money to you in tax right. deduction. Now, you got to be a little bit more streamlined because return on investment is the most important situation. If I found this out that if they donate a thousand bucks, they're looking for ten thousand dollars on return as far as your your clientele base. Mm-hmm. So if I go down to to Jumping Jack Pizza down the street, mm-hmm. which I just made that up. And they gave me a thousand bucks to promote and do whatever we got to do. Yes. They're expecting at least ten thousand dollars worth of revenue based off of what they gave you. So I call it a tenfold. You know, whatever they give you, they want to multiply that by ten. Right. So your your fan base has to be in, influential mm-hmm. in order for this to happen. Well, like if you're a local high school, you're gonna you know you're gonna get some businesses just around the corner or within you know a ten mile radius who are, who may be willing to support and throw some money your way. We did it in the form of programs, mm-hmm. advertisements, yes. you know, from business cards banners. all the way up to full page, the banners, the banners. stadium banners are a huge sells, $500 for a banner for the season. Um, businesses are willing to do that. You know what I'm saying? You put that stuff up in your, in your, um, in your stadium or along your school, uh, the perimeters of your school mm-hmm. or organization. Um, what else? We've done um, – you can have um, uniform sponsors. Right, the patches. You can see that in the NBA. Yeah, your patches, or they may want to buy the jerseys or whatever, but they may want to put their logo. You see that in the professional um, sports now. Um, what else? I mean, they'll provide you with things. Uh, we've even had where we've had uh, food sponsors feed the team. Right. You know, um, every Friday night. At the game, they would give a. We would have sub sandwiches, or right. we would have pizza. Uh, what is the canes? Canes. Canes chicken. Right. You know, we would just tell them how many boxes we needed. They would send it over to us. So there's different forms of of sponsorship, you know, that that can be had. Now, I was looking up some stuff on sponsorship. Um, what do you need for a sponsor? Um, usually, you'll have to at least provide some type of proposal, details on your business, the ownership you know, and what your audience, your target market is like, what kind of marketing are you going to be doing, Mm -hmm. you know, so that they know what they're tying themselves into. Um, It's really about, for them, building their brand awareness, increasing sales. That's the number one, those are the number one um, goals of your sponsor. So you're talking about, so the money now is into advertising. Mm -hmm. It's a marketing and advertising budget. That's what you're tapping into. Yes. 
So you want to tap into their marketing and advertisement budgets and let them know that if they spend X amount of dollars with you, we're going to have X amount of fans that's going to know about Jumpin' Jack Pizza. Right. Okay. Got right. you. Right. Um, see, you're, usually they'll they'll get on board if your event is large enough, you know. Like, especially if it's going to have some media attention, mm-hmm. that's a great selling tool for sponsors. Hey, we have, we're going to have the media out there, whether it be local or national. You know, we're going to have coverage. You know, they want to see. So it's going to go beyond just the audience you have at the game. It's Now it's going to go out into, you know, the public, the general public. Okay, we got a question right here on uh, Sports Center Counseling over on the uh, on the Instagram. Because with my sponsorship proposals, I've tried to go ahead uh, above and beyond providing value for sponsors and doing whatever I can to make sure that the value is supporting us. You definitely have to. You can't. Your numbers can't lie. You got to have the right numbers in order for it to make sense. If you if you're getting a thousand bucks and you only got a hundred people coming to the game. That's not a good value. I mean, even if it's just a projection, it has to be a projection that makes sense. Yes. You know what I'm saying? They they want to see how are you going to get those numbers, even right. if it doesn't already exist. You know, so that's, you know, it's the vision. You have to paint the vision in the picture. Yes, you definitely have you know? to. You have to do that. Um, so what's another thing? Oh, um, yeah, especially if you're going to have maybe some guest speakers, celebrity speakers, or, you know, you're going to tie in some community events. Definitely seek sponsorships. They like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they'll give you some giveaways. Giveaways are little goodies. Yeah. You know that you can raffle off for money. You know, um, let's see. Um, they'll help out if you can specify exactly what you need. You know, you have to be clear on what you need from them. If it is money, what do you need the money for? What does your budget look like? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that type of thing. Um, even with us, you know, we're looking for uh, equipment sponsors. Right. Right. But they want to know all the details. How many fields are you looking to outfit? You know what I mean? How many girls? How many this? How many that? They want the details. Um, they will partner with you if it's um, a good reason to have sponsorships if you want to beef up your own customer base as well. You know, hey, they may not be a fan of your event, but if they know that, um, you know, Domino's Pizza is going to be there set up giving out free pizza or something like that, then right. that's going to drive business to your event. Right, right? and that's definitely, I mean, <laughs> when any event that I've done, be it a concert, a speaking engagement, or sporting event, free food yeah. brings out people. So if you can work out a deal with... Dollar hot dog. Yeah, dollar hot dog, <laughs> dollar slice pizza, you know, Domino's Pizza or whatever, pizza, pizza. Um, you know, again, anything free brings more people to the stands. Yeah. You know, so that's something else. We've got another question up here. Uh, it says, do you find today's market is easier uh, to get value versus kind, any kind of financial support? Well, I think I think it is. Um, it's easier to find value. Um, nobody wants to part with their cash. Yeah. That's the, the truth. Most people, the, most businesses do not want to part with cash um, unless you're, like, like you're saying, you're paying for some visibility, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, bigger, major, major corporations, they don't want to invest unless you really have the numbers, you know, like your Adidas, your Nike, you know, your major, major company. Yeah, they they, they only want large events. There's going to be thousands of people at the event, mm-hmm. not the smaller. So those events. are the ones that you do have some type of media coverage. I mean, if we were able to get that ESPN deal, 
mm-hmm. you know, for our national championship game, I can see big name sponsors being like, okay, I want to be a part of that. Right, because of the exposure. That's that their value. Right, right. <laughs> so right now, in this day and age, more companies are willing to provide you with product and service than they are cash mm-hmm. at this moment, especially in the sporting industry. Mm-hmm. They want to see the value. They're not investing in your company. They're not investors. Right. They they want they want your fan base. They want the people to utilize their service. So when you start looking for sponsors, you don't want to have Coke and Pepsi as your sponsor. You don't want similar products, right? Right. So what I'm trying to get at is you you got to find niche market products. You know what? It goes deeper than just knowing what their product is. I mean, when I do a proposal, I'm looking into the culture of the company. Mm-hmm. I'm looking into what is their motto. You right. know, what is their mission? What do they stand for? Because if you can find some way to connect your vision, mission mm-hmm. with their vision, mission, and culture, it, it, it makes it easier to solicit that sponsor yes. than just to say, hey, we just like your product. You know, we know girls will love it, you right. know? <laughs> right, right. Well, so talk about a little, so, a little bit about the research that you, you might do in a company to try to tie them in with, with yourself? Um, well, Let's look at what our audience is. So I need to figure out – it goes back to marketing as well. Um, you want to find out what your target market is. And uh, uh, in our case, it's girls, right, girls ages 6 to 17. And, we, we, you know, what we're looking for when we're shopping for sponsors, I say shopping. Yeah, we are shopping because we got, we got to match it up. We're looking at the things that girls are, are attracted to right now. You know, be it beauty, the health, you know, fashion, um, and whatever the case may be, maybe entertainment, music artists, maybe a, t- a television show. And we need to find out what those girls like. I mean, luckily for us, we have girls. That we that live with us, right? <laughs> we, have we, have, we have daughters. So, you know, we kind of plug into them sometimes. And, I mean, even – looking at other women's organizations and girls' organizations, what other companies are already supporting them, mm-hmm. you know. So I'll look into that as well. You know, um, what is it, Procter & Gamble? You know, I was like, what about Secret? Or Eon always says, what about the, the feminine products, like the always? Yes, always. You know? <laughs> and, and things like that. And as we do the research, we're finding that some of those companies are supporting girls and women's in sports. Right. They don't do it on a on a national like like stick their brand, especially always. I, I, I'm a guy, and I'm thinking that you know always product is for all women. You know, from <laughs> as early as 10 years of age that, huh? all the way up until <laughs> 55. And I just don't understand why they're not more in the sporting industry because these athletes do have. Well, I mean, as I did the research, I mean, maybe not the sporting. You know, the last thing I saw that was sponsored was for the HBCUs, okay. for the like the majorettes, the, the drill teams. Um, that was a, they were they were heavy on sponsoring them. Um, you know, it's I think it's just a matter of reaching out. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's you know I don't think that there's any sponsor right now that I would not tap into because maybe ten years ago they may not have considered it. Right. But because of the growth 
and because of the big campaign for girls at being active in, in all of the major athletic companies really focusing on the girls and the women, I think more of them are opening up. Mm-hmm. And I feel that especially if they're an underdog company, not saying that they're an unknown company, they're just an underdog company. And I will say, for instance, like Under Armour, you know, they fall below Nike and Adidas, right. you know, the major brands. Yeah or even body armor that falls below Powerade and Gatorade um, is weakened as an underdog sport can partner with those underdog companies that are name brand, but they're not as big. They just need a new market to tap into. I think that that would be a brilliant partnership. Well, that's part of your sale, though. You know? you got to find – you got to create the market mm-hmm. for them. Sometimes they don't know what they don't so know. So that's just a hint guys into the companies that I'm tapping into right now are those who want to deal with an emerging sport. Definitely. But what about this? This is the last thing before we move on, okay? Because we are almost at quarter number three. So we're going to stay in quarter number two right now, okay? Because I think this is the most important part. Okay. Relationships. Yeah. Most sponsors are done. The deals are done because of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So give some insight on what type of Fourteen or relationship tips that can help some of our viewers out there uh, with their team, their sport, their event? I would say the best platform to make connections for these type of deals is LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that because it is a platform that was meant to be, like, so for recruiting and, you know, hiring and um, and also just a professional site. So you don't let people, you're not on there unless you want people to know what it is you do. Right. You know what I mean? So you just can go on there. I mean, Dion's made connections with CFOs of major companies, CEOs of major companies through LinkedIn, where you may not be able to connect with them on Facebook or Instagram. Or making a phone call. Or even make a phone call. They don't take phone calls. And to be honest with you, they're not even working this, the best connections is not even during their business hours. Right. It's on the weekends and late at night when they're at home chilling just like us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, and I can, I can vouch for that because I've been up at, at midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. You'll be surprised. And I've hit a CEO, and five minutes later I'm getting a response back. I'm like, man, it's it's 4 o'clock your time, but they're just getting up. You know, I'm I'm fresh at their morning where it's the tail end of my night. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is like on Sundays. I've made more connections on Saturdays and Sundays for meetings for Monday and Tuesday because of late night, you know, investigation. Right. Okay. Obviously, like that because I'm I'm aggressive. But you know what? Um, and I just attended a social media book boot camp this last weekend, by the way, and um, you know, huge huge impact through Messenger. You know when you're when you're connecting with them because yeah because conversations are not had over the phone anymore. Um, if you're not doing a Zoom, text is the way people are communicating right now. But the great thing about it that you know one of the things I picked up is using the voice, the voice um, piece of those texts. If you leave a voice or audio message, it's like having a conversation because you're saying exactly what you want to say in the tone that you want to say it. Right. And it gets a lot of impact because they're not sitting there on the spot because it's not like they're talking to you live. You know, they can respond at their leisure. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just, it's just all around better rapport. Yeah. You can build that rapport. But that is the key right there is you need to get to the decision makers. 
the people who can actually make things happen. Right. Because I, I know for me, I've gone to the top, and if they are not the one who make that decision, guess mm-hmm. what they do? What do they do? They send me right down to the exact person that needs to be done. Yeah. Where if I work from the bottom and start with the salesperson, I'm going over here to the And the person, salesperson is going to really honestly just try to cut you a deal. Yeah. You know, we'll see if we can get you the best deal possible. The best price. You know, that's about the level. But if you're going to the top, the head of the marketing, the head of the company, um, somebody in, you know, VP operations or something of, of decision-making power, um, a lot of times you can jump over those hurdles. Definitely. And I definitely jumped over those hurdles. And I'm about to jump over this hurdle because we're going to move on. Okay. I mean, we got every Monday night doing this. You can hear us on what, iHeartRadio, Stitch Radio. J.C. Hawk Radio mm-hmm. on Blog Talk Radio. Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio. I think I said Stitcher okay. Radio, but you know <laughs> Hey, we're on Facebook Live. I, we're on Instagram. I, oh, we can put out iTunes. Yeah. My bad. We just doing what we do because it's four quarters of Coach Lee and my girl. Carla Williams Lee. Work. And we're going to move on to quarter number three. Yes, we are. We got about ten minutes. Well, you know what? We got time. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like that quarterback. You know, I'm like, I'm like Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, this is the last drive. we got to go 90 yards to win the Super Bowl. I'm okay with winging it. That's just me. Hey. He's the one who likes to be on that agenda. Well, I want to make sure we cover our, all, all, our, all, our, all our topics. That's but, right. You know, if one lasts longer than another, we got more questions. I'm okay well, with well, it. Well, this quarter is going to be more about his expertise, so we'll go oh, ahead okay. and, and move right And, and what is that? What is that expertise? Um, he's talking about off-season uh, off workouts with with uh, his team. Ah, so you're talking about off-season workouts, right? Yeah. Well, most people right now, yeah, the men are getting ready for football. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys in high school are getting ready for football. The boys are getting ready for youth football, yes. right? But it's just a matter of, you know, this could be done for them as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right now I'm talking about the women who just finished their season. Mm-hmm. They've been off about a month now to recover, to do things, uh, you know, get their body back right. Okay. So it's, it's time to get out there now. Mm-hmm. It's time to get out there and start working on fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. I'm a big fundamentalist coach, okay? Uh, is it hardcore about running right now and getting in shape? I'm going to say no, okay? I'm about getting stronger. I'm about lifting weights. I'm about putting together some CrossFit type of program. Okay. okay, and utilizing weight. What I found out over time, and this scientific fact, that the stronger you are, the more put together your body is, the less injuries occur. Okay. Okay. So with the women, yeah. So with the women's game, it was kind of we didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. So our first year putting things together during the off season, it was about teaching. Hey, Ruben. Okay. Oh, you see Ruben on here? Yeah. What up, dog? Big hey, we waiting on big Ruben films. We wait on that documentary, baby. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I got the theme song. I forgot to tell you that, so I'm gonna send it to you so you can implement it into the big group film with the GFA, and we can get this thing rolling. We, we need to finish that up because we're rolling. Anyway, sorry about that. I just get involved in when I see folks, but we got big time Hollywood producer here super watching us. Producer. Yeah, super duper producer BJ. I use that for everybody, so I'm gonna let you know okay. BJ's our super duper producer here for the show. So yep. I'm gonna let it be. But anyway. It's about getting stronger, okay? It's about getting a weightlifting program. It's about, you know, getting your IQ together. Mm-hmm. Football IQ is everything, okay? This During the off-season is when you are studying your playbook, when you're studying what the coaches want you to do, when you're working on the little bitty, bitty steps from left to right to get things done. 
And we just partnered up with the company, but I'm not going to talk about the company yet mm-hmm. because we got to get it on the dotted line. Yeah, very, very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. It's about football IQ. Yes. And with the women's game, it's an opportunity for them to learn the game by watching. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's why I love that the women's game starts in the spring and yes. ends in the summer yes. because after that, they can watch NFL, college, and high school. Okay. And so my thing is the best way to learn the game is to watch the game after playing the game, mm-hmm. okay? So during the offseason, I'm watching as much football as I can. If I play center, I'm watching every center that I can. If I play guard, tackle, whatever position, I'm watching that okay. because I'm familiar with it now that I've played it. How do the top-level guys do it? How do the college guys do it? How do the high school guys do it, right? So with that being said, is you've got to find your weaknesses, mm-hmm. okay? So you got to look at review your film from the past, what you did good, what you did bad, and improve on what you did bad. Well, one thing that I learned here in Nevada is that the girls don't spend a lot of time off season. I know you personally right. spend time with your girls, but the district as a whole don't doesn't really spend a lot of time with their girls off season. And why is that? Um, I just think that it's an emerging sport. The coaches haven't taken it serious because we don't have that dangling carrot, that scholarship opportunity for the girls, so we don't see that, well, why work hard? during the off-season when it's not going to get you to the next level. Right. Like the boys. Okay. But we're changing that culture, okay? So this past season, uh, when I left the high school that I was at, I went to another high school, and we implemented an off-season workout three days a week where we were lifting weights and working on fundamentals. Okay. That team is going to be pretty good. I'm going to tell you, they're going to be pretty good uh, when it comes to the season. We average about 20 to 25 girls that were at those practices three days a week, and they gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. And then I also hosted a Saturday function, you know, where it was drill specific as far as wide receivers and DBs and quarterbacks. Okay. And so we did a lot of catching, a lot of route running, and we got better because we actually played against a higher level of girls or women. Mm-hmm. So I invited the women's football team here in Las Vegas to come and work out with the girls. Again, it's part of the whole topic that we talked about, the growth of women's football, mm-hmm. you got to be involved in the young, younger generation to elevate the game. Okay. So at first, my girls were nervous. Oh, these are professional girls. These are tackle women's football. Oh, my God. We're not. By the third or fourth week, they were just the homegirls. Mm-hmm. And we out there balling, and actually, we actually beat them for the first time in four weeks, you know, in, in our little scrimmage. Okay. Every week we scrimmage. The first week we got blown up. That means up. they're getting better. They're getting better. Yeah. So it is an emphasis on doing the little things to get better, and that's the things that we work out. That's the secret sauce to Coach Lee. Well, I mean, if the girls are – if they keep coming, that means they want to keep learning. Yes, yes, yes. No one's twisting these girls' arms no. to come play. No, the parents drop them off and pick them up, and, which is great, but you got to be committed. And I think that's the other part. Mm-hmm. If you want to improve from season to season, you got to commit yourself during the off season to a particular program, mm-hmm. be it lifting weights, be it studying film, be it working on the fundamentals. Right. And, that, and that's just the basics, okay? Now, how you do it and where you do it, that's up to you. But you got to get the fundamentals in as far as technique, getting stronger, and getting smarter. Yes. So that's the secret sauce. It's not really that hard, but it's how you blend it. It's how you make the gumbo. It's how you how you stir the pot. Got it. That's what makes the taste, right? right. I'm a good cook, but you don't know that because <laughs> you do all the cooking, right? I yeah. try. I try. But, you know, it's, it's important 
that coaches take it serious. It's important that coaches that know give put out a platform for the girls to work out. Right. You know, and that's what you're seeing here in Las Vegas, which we're trying to change that culture. Well, I just can't wait till we roll out what we want to roll out for these girls to learn and improve their IQs. I mean, it's going to be – coaches are going to fall in love with this program. Well, I would tell you it's an app. It is an app. That you can download. Everything can be learned on their phone. Yes. You can – the coaches can plug in their plays. Their playbooks, the yes. study the plays at home, at the beach, anywhere. <laughs> they, they can even be tested on formations and routes, yep. blocking assignments, yep. everything. This is the ultimate learning, cool. yeah, learning tool, device. I, I thought it was the best thing I ever saw. Because have you played football before? Never played football, and I'm still learning the game. Right. <laughs> but when you got a chance to see this app in action, what was your first reaction? I thought it was amazing. I thought for somebody who doesn't know football, this is definitely a good tool. Yeah. Definitely. Even if you know football, it's a great tool just to reinforce what you know. Yes, because it's made for the professional football teams. It's made for the college. It's made for high school. It's made for youth. But we're going to design it just for the women and the girls. So, you know, in about a week, hit me up. You know, a part of it is, you know what, we're actually giving it away, ain't we? As part of our membership, yes, we are. Yeah, so if you become a member of GFA, you play football uh, across the United States, you're going to get a – Kind get, of partnerships that we're all creating here. And that's why we're talking about sponsors, you know. Yeah. Some are going to give us a million dollars. <laughs> some are going to give us a billion dollars of education. Yep. You know, and we, we chose to take the education, the billion dollars in education, exactly. because we want to make our fans and our athletes better. Once you know the game – Mm-hmm. Then you can sit there. I would love for us to be in the bar and be hugged up like this, and then you tell me what happens. You know, that's the best thing <laughs> in life to be drinking the beer and having your wife tell you exactly what's going on. Wow. Okay, how about your daughter? Or your <laughs> oh, 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 my bad, my bad. <laughs> and that too. You know what I'm saying? I would love to sit down and talk football with my daughter. Yes. I would love to talk football with my friends. And I'm sure many dads out there would love that as well. Yes. You know, to know that, hey, that's my that's my girl out there. That's my baby out there, you know, running them routes. Looking just like me. <laughs> that's that's all dads to be thinking about. Yeah. That's why this is a sport that's going to blow up so fast, so quick, is emerging, that because the fathers are no longer out there, you know. Everybody didn't have sons. That's my brother. He has eight daughters. You know what I'm saying? I know. So, in Alaska, right? In Alaska. He's in Alaska right now. So that, you know. that, that's definitely one of our playing grounds. Yes. Yeah, so we, we do definitely have, you know, GFA events going on up in Alaska. Uh, Anchorage and Fairbanks are the two areas that we're going to be talking about. But you know what? We didn't we, we didn't give away the secret sauce. We, we didn't talk. Yeah, you know, we got to have them come back for more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That was just a taste. Yeah. But we can do, you know, the whole workout. We can do, you know, you know, how to make a better quarterback. I know I've been promoting some of the things that I've done as a coach for girls, putting them through drills. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you're on Facebook, you can see them on Facebook. They're also going to be uploaded on YouTube. And once we get that all taken care of, uh, you guys can see the development. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about school starting. Okay. So school starts here. So you want to move to quarter number four because? Yes. Well, let me say it, Dean. Go ahead. Quarter number four. <laughs> 
school is starting for us on Monday, August 12th. It's probably the earliest I think the school year has ever started here in this valley. But um, Well, last year they started early, too. So remember we got out in May. So this is the second year we got out in May. But I always still remember it being the end of August at the earliest. You know what I'm saying? We got out two weeks early, so we start two weeks early. Got it. Got it. Um, so this is the time that we're going to actually be hitting up all these athletic directors. Mm-hmm. I mean, here in town, we already know it already exists. Right. Right. But we have a bigger mission here in our local backyard because this is where the foundation for GFA is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we have to get the buy-in of our local market to really grow it outside of the market. And we've already started penetrating outside of the market. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're all over the place. We're all over the place. Yes. Several different states are already on board. Yeah, you got Illinois. You got Oregon. We got Southern California. We got Northern California. We have Arizona, as we hooked up a deal today with uh Arizona, well, Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. working on Tucson. Uh, have checked into Albuquerque, New Mexico. We haven't hit the Texas area yet, but that's something to work on. But I'm saying Denver is another area, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So we are hitting states, and people are waking up, and they are really feeling this whole movement of flag football. Right. So we are getting it going. But when school starts, it's really going to kick in. Yeah. Because now these athletic directors are off of vacation, they're in their office, and they're looking. So I'm just saying, you guys, you know, point them in our direction. Mm-hmm. Point them our when you go back to school, find out who your athletic directors are. Point them in our direction, and we'll we'll send them the information to get things going on their campus. Well, again, that's one of the updates yes. that we've 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 been in contact with probably about ten state associations over the last two and a half months that are looking into girls football or flag football as a serious sport. Yes. Okay. So hopefully by spring we'll have high schools throughout with club teams, and then that's where we want to put together our national championship. Yep. Okay. So GFA is sponsoring the first ever flag football high school division national championships. It's here in Vegas. Uh, I want to say the third weekend of June. Mm-hmm. We're locking down dates and times. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in negotiations with sports networks. Okay, I can't say it yet until we lock it down, but this is going to be a national televised event. Yep. Um, and we're we're this close. I'm talking about we're negotiating and we're this close. We got major sponsors behind the event. Now we just need to get high schools to go ahead and do what? Create the team. Create, create a club team. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be in the league. We just need teams to be created. Now, the key to that is all the girls that are on the team have to be in attendance of that school, okay? Now, let's say you have a senior mm-hmm. that graduates in May. She is still eligible to play in June, okay? Okay. Because, again, the different seasons that we got, we got fall in San Francisco, fall in Alaska. We got winter here in Nevada. We got spring in Florida, Georgia, New York, right? Okay. So when you're building that whole team, it won't end until July 1st, okay? So we're going to have that event. So you got all year to build. So it doesn't matter if there are seniors this year on your team. Bring them, okay? More information will be on the Premier7football.com uh, website in the coming days mm-hmm. because as school comes up, we, we, we got information ready to go, okay? we got a lot of, lot of folks that are 
joining our uh, our being ambassadors and also joining our organization. So the word is up to you guys. You got to spread the word that, you know, if you have a daughter that's in high school, if you have a niece that's in high school, granddaughter in high school or middle school or whatever, uh, we are, we're bringing flag football to a town or city near you. Yes. Okay? Yes. So that's one of the announcements. We also have the, what, November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. We have a women's tournament, a GFA product. Again, it's about fundraising for us right now. So we have a, a, a GFA women's tournament. We're looking for minimum 16 teams. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a high school preseason tournament uh, that we're looking for 16 teams. So we're looking for a 32-team type of event. Okay. So, again, that's first come, first serve. So, again, if you're building the team, that might be one of the locations that you want to drive up, get a 15-passenger van, come on up, let's play, let's go. We got the rules. If you go to Premier7.com, I know the rules are on there. Uh, w, not W, uh, the Girls Football Association, I don't know if you got the rules posted up there, but that will be where they can get the rules as well. Uh, it's not posted as of yet. Okay. So you can go over to the Premier 7 football, same rules, okay? It just mm-hmm. They just label Premier 7. But GFA, we're following the GFA format of rules, uh, but we just labeled them Premier 7. Is yeah. there any other events as time is going by fast? Um, we well, we mentioned it before. We want to do a fundraising tournament as well. With uh, we're looking for adult women as well as high school teams. We just talked about that. Oh, I thought you were talking about the championship. No, the championship was in June. I oh. just I just said the date, November first, second, okay. third. Remember, sixteen teams, sixteen teams. <laughs> Man, let me tell you, my co-host is like. I'm sitting here reading some of the fees, so maybe that's why. I okay, well, you got to get back focused on us. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You're reading too many of the notes. That's all good, <laughs> all right? But, you know, those, those are things. I mean, we're, we're doing the sock situation. Yes. So we we got a couple of companies that have mocked up some socks. And, of course, we're, we're going to be. I can pull up a picture of it. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to try to do it on there. That's fine. But for those who are listening on Blog Talk Radio or iHeartRadio, again, you know, go to Facebook. Go to our Girls Football Association page, join that. That's free, and that gives you updates and information on what we're doing. But, again, we're doing these nice hot pink socks with GFA on them. You know, they're, they're football socks. Let's see if I can show it. Okay, let's see. Oh, it's no. going to be a reflection. Oh, you man. Can see, you can see it on Instagram. No, you can't but see you it. But you can't see it on Facebook because <gasps> it's some kind of reflection going on. It's because of the light. It's because of the light. They're they're kind of dope, though. Oh, they are dope. You know, what we do is dope. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> It is what it is, and um, you know. I tried. Yeah, there's many things that we're 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 doing, but it comes back down to those numbers that you talked about, those numbers of women who support the NFL. Mm-hmm. Fifty-three NFL million. college team. Fifty-three point seven million women who enjoy football. Yes. We have to learn how to tap into that fifty-three point seven million women who watch football to turn this game around. Yes. They gotta be in support of they have to. the foundation, which is the youth organization. They gotta be in support of the high school girls that are playing. They it's gotta be in support of the college women that want to play the game. And then of course those who play the, the pro leagues and the tackle leagues, we gotta be in support of And that could be you on this call right now. You yeah. know, that could be you. That could be you on, on that's that's watching this feed. Those are the people that we need to, to support. Yes. You know, I mean, again, I love football, 
and I watch football all day, every day. NFL Network, I'm watching it all the time. It's true. You know, <laughs> I can't get away from it. It's true. It's my drug of choice. It's okay? my passion. It's my passion. Definitely. All right. So, again, you know, support yourself, support ladies, ladies support ladies, ladies support girls, girls support ladies. That's what it's got to be. That's mm-hmm. got to be what, well, that's the mission of the GFS. We are out of time. If, are we almost out of time? Oh, my goodness. You mean tell me we had such a good time that the show is almost over? It's over. We probably got about 10 seconds to go. And I just want to say, hey, come back next week. Same channel. Same time. Same hopes. Different topics. Yes. And if you want to add a topic, hey, just hit us up in our, our inbox. And we'll, we'll talk about anything that you want to talk about. So, again, we are open. We are open to you. You are open to us. Bring the noise, and we'll bring the phone. All right. So we are out of here. This is Coach Lee and Carla Williams Lee. And we're out of here. Peace. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 